Welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. This is our first bonus material attempt. Um, we, haven't, we haven't done this before, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> After we finished our, uh, our last podcast on uh, the, the importance of the shepherding metaphor for pastoring, we, we thought, boy, there's just a few other things we'd like to say about that. And so we're going to attempt just a few minutes of additional shepherding thoughts and uh, hope this serves you if you're a pastor that's listening in. So Jared, why don't you jump in? You had you had some great thoughts just talking about um, the importance of shepherding in terms of their protective role and how that affects the way we view um, that leadership. Well, yes, it was just due to the limitations of time. We're unable to to expound on that aspect of the the shepherding imagery. So much of what shepherding involves has the reality of wolves and lions and uh you know, in the Acts 20 picture of, I know from, you know, uh, you know, among your own selves, there will arise those who are. And so it's, there's this idea of part of faithful pastoral ministry and shepherding uh, involves, let me take one step back from protection. It involves the exercise of authority. Yes. Uh, the, the, Derek Tidball makes the point that the work of a shepherd involves as much toughness as tenderness, as much mm-hmm. courage as comfort, and so there is a. It could be that we have an idea of the, the the shepherd leader who is the consummate nice guy, you know, who's who's compassionate, who has a pastor's heart. Well, part of what it means to be uh, a a faithful shepherd is is to protect, is yes. to guard. There is toughness. There is. Uh, courage that is required, and there's a real exercise of authority that that God, as the chief shepherd, grants to those who are who are under shepherds. And it's in fact that authority that is that is what we see throughout the Old Testament that is misused so frequently among shepherds. God yeah. is the, the the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He is our God. We are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. And then as he appoints leaders over his people, so often what we see is that they are failing to carry out, to exercise that authority in the way that he intends. Ezekiel 34 is that great uh, tragic indictment of the shepherds of Israel. You did not feed the sheep, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed. And this... uh, this image of the really the misuse of their authority. So I think I want to work against the idea that oh, just if you're if you're shepherd, then that just means you know you'll be compassionate. And no, actually, one of the ways this image is countercultural is because it involves the exercise of authority. Uh, there is an authority that's granted by God to to shepherds, and part of the way that authority functions is yes, preaching and teaching, the authoritative word of God, but also protecting mm-hmm. the flock uh, from that which would would threaten it. And so, uh, a faithful shepherd will see himself as as a guardian, as a protector. The rod of the of the shepherd, uh, David would have likely used to kill wolves and other and other things. Sheep are vulnerable. Uh, sheep are are in great need of protection, and that's part of the work of of an under shepherd. Yes, excellent. I was just thinking you were saying that about you know Paul's exhortation to Timothy 
preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. And then here's the phrase that just comes to mind. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Mm-hmm. So there, there in that verse, there's that, that courage and gentleness you know, that, that's combined. So it's not an impatient exasperation with the flock, but there is a willingness, even when we're addressing just the flock themselves, to, to rebuke where there is a sin or a wandering away it's one of the reasons we talked last time about the danger of generic preaching is that sometimes generic preaching can be actually passive. You know, we're, we're applying the truth to sins that our congregation is not actually in danger of, <laughs> right. right? you know, or the things that they would just say, Oh yeah, it's good. I agree with that. And we're not maybe willing to address the danger that they are actually facing. Um, and then I, 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 am affected by what you're saying, just in terms of um, we're not just suggesting a good way to live. Mm. You know, we're, we're calling people to godliness. And then when false thinking emerges in the world and, and endangers our people, we are, we are not simply, um, you know, trying to be so winsome that they'd rather hang around us <laughs> than yeah. somebody else. We, we do want to be winsome and, and we do want to be a nice person, kind and you know, gentle, you know, but it's, we're not hoping that our personality is a sufficient magnet to guard the flock. You know, we need to be willing to say this way of thinking is deadly. Yes. It is sinful. It is wrong. Yeah. And at times I think I'm thinking of your protection. I'm thinking of moments in my pastoral ministry where it's not even so much an idea as, as it is a person. Yes. who is endangering others in the flock and needs to personally be rebuked, yes. um, needs to be personally told, you must not endanger this individual. Um, yeah. you, you, are, you are harming them. I mean, certainly that's true physically. If, yeah. if someone's harming, we, we should do everything we can to protect you know, their, their physical well-being, but, but also just spiritually. You, know, you are misrepresenting God in what you are teaching. Yes. And, and you, I will not allow you to continue teaching this falsehood to yes. the people of my church. And yes. if you continue, I will warn them against your teaching. Like yes. the willingness to, to have that kind of conversation, um, yes. even with an individual, and to not be in any way fearful, it, I think is what you're getting to. That's part of what it means to be a shepherd. Yes. The willingness to say, don't listen to this teaching. Yes, exactly. Don't, don't do it. This will harm your souls. Do not yes. listen to this. Um, and to kind of exercise authority in that in that godly way of of leading people away from danger. Yes, absolutely. It's a part of the the ministry, the apostolic ministry of of Paul that we see in the New Testament to warn to yes. warn people. And every faithful shepherd will will engage in that kind of warning against wrong ideas and at times against uh, those who would seek to to harm the flock. Um, so it's just it's such an important part of of what the the shepherding task involves. I want to highlight as well in in First Peter five is the shepherd the flock of God that is among you. One of the contrasts that's given there is not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Yes. And it is uh, sadly the case that that not all shepherds are good shepherds. And it's striking that one of the commands that needs to be given there to shepherds is to avoid the mistake that was, that was characteristic of 
so many leaders in the Old Testament, the the shepherds of Israel, that they were lording it over others, that they were domineering over those uh, in their charge. In contrast to that, we are, we are called to exercise authority in humility uh, yes. and to do so in a way in which we are setting an example by the flock. We're not calling the flock to do something that we ourselves as sheep are not ourselves doing uh, and and leading them into by by way of example. Yes. Yeah, I think it's, I, I would say from my just self-examination, uh, you know, there's, there's two different directions that domineering can go. One mm-hmm. is a wrong manner of calling people to the right things. Mm-hmm. So it's the right thing, either practically or spiritually for the church to do, but it's done with impatience and arrogance in, in the manner of its communication. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other obviously is to call them to the wrong things that are self-serving. So I think both types of domineering are wrong, you know, for a pastor. So for a pastor to think, look, this this church is about exalting me and my ministry and honoring my importance. Yeah, that's just a domineering that's that's driven by pride. You know, but it can also be more subtly the case that you can say, you know, we're called to reach the lost and we need to stop around here, you know, Mm -hmm. being so lazy and and get moving and finally getting something done. Um, Okay, well, that's 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 you know not pushing people in the wrong direction, but it's it's pushing them in that direction in the wrong kind of way. So I think pastors need to be very honest with themselves. Which type of domineering might I be prone to? Yes. Um, and I think, on the other hand, though, the 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 opposite of domineering is not passivity. Right. It's just the point you're making. And right. sometimes pastors, out of a fear of being domineering, are unwilling to call people to something. And we can yes. think of ourselves, like I said earlier, but we're like the chief suggesters. I, I would suggest, you know, that you honor your wife. I would suggest possibly that you might not want to give in to that kind of addiction. And I, I found it unhelpful. We use this kind of language. That falls short of the kind of shepherding voice that says, there's a cliff over there. You're going to fall off. And if you continue, you will die. Yeah. Um, you need to come back to the Lord and to the word of his truth. And you need to stop sinning. And I'm concerned for your soul. And if if that is, if we never sound that way, right. then we maybe have drifted towards a, a chief suggester uh, rather than a shepherd. I think that's outstanding. Yes. And in our current cultural climate, I do believe that, Anyone who exercises authority, even who does so wisely and humility, may be accused, will likely be accused of being domineering because there is an anti-authority, anti-leadership mode uh, that that the culture currently finds itself in. And in that setting, it's all the more important that we we faithfully lead, uh, that we faithfully guard the flock, that we protect them, uh, and that we exercise the the authority that God has uh, steward, that, that God has called us to steward. Excellent. Well, this might have turned from a bonus to like a, a full-on shepherding <laughs> episode two. So if that's the case, then great. Hope it serves some of you. Uh, let me just say again, on behalf of Jared, if you're a Sovereign Grace Pastor, we're grateful for you and for the way you shepherd the flock of God, and we are grateful to be pastoring with you. God be with you. We'll talk to you soon.